Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. I'm Michael J. Sutton and this is episode 90 in our series Freedom from Fear. Freedom Matters Today looks at freedom from a Christian perspective and this is our second series. Our first series was Freedom from Fascism and this is our second series Freedom from Fear. And it's our 90th episode. We have a new podcast every day and you are welcome to join us and you are also welcome to listen to the earlier podcasts in this series which are found at most good podcasting sites and also you can find links to that at freedommatterstoday.com Freedom Matters Today is also non-sectarian and apolitical which means we do not represent a political party or nor do we work for a political party or a political philosophy, nor are we members of a particular church or denomination. The title for today's podcast is Freedom from Instability. One of the sports we used to play as children, but one that you don't see much these days, was the tug of war. In this contest, two teams needed to pull on a rope that had a knot in the middle and a bandana tied around it. There were marks on the ground which showed where each team had to avoid being pulled across. It was backbreaking, but it was fun. I don't see the tug of war often these days, perhaps because it was rather unpredictable and there was always the possibility of being seriously hurt. In the age of helicopter parenting, it is probably a casualty of that way of thinking. Success in the tug-of-war depended almost entirely on who was holding the end of the rope. The bigger and stronger that person, the more stable the rope would be and the less instability the rope-pullers would feel. The big, strong boys or men or girls or women would wrap the rope around them and dig their heels into the dirt for the showdown. Paul is speaking of instability and stability when he is talking about the armour of God. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, Put on the whole armour of God, so that you will be able to stand against the devil's schemes. The goal of putting on the armour of God is to be able to stand. Like the anchor of the tug of war, the aim is to stand your ground, and the armour is designed to be able to do just that. What is interesting about Paul's image might be lost. There is something missing in this verse and in verse 13, which is similar. Take up all the armour of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having worked out all things to stand. You might have noticed it. The position of the Christian wearing the armour of God is not for attack, but for defence. There is no mention of attack, save for deflection. There is no mention of moving forward, save for standing one's ground. There is no mention of fighting, save for quenching the darts of Diablos. In verse 16. The struggle of the Christian is to stand one's ground. It is to fight, but it is not to attack. 
This would have been a strange metaphor for Paul's readers, and it is a strange one to listen to today as America, England, Australia, France, Germany, among others, have all declared war on Russia and soon China. The Europeans started two world wars and before that bathed the continent in blood for centuries, and now they want more of it, the so-called Christian nations. Even the heartland of European fascism, Germany is openly touting nuclear war with Russia and rearming for a third tilt at world power. America will risk nuclear war and the devastation that will bring simply to prevent any nation from wanting to share the bounty of the earth with them. Surely there is enough to go around and for all to share, but America wants it all for itself, and the West wants to rule the world and have all bow to them. They are not in charge, of course. This insanity could only be devised by Diabolos, who is the god of this world, the one they say in whom they trust. It is certainly not Jesus Christ. We cannot look to the insanity of the West for aid in understanding Paul's image of a defensive attack. But we can look to martial arts, especially in the East, as many of them would understand exactly what Paul is saying and what he's talking about. The principle is simple. If you can defend your position and hold your ground, you can hold your position indefinitely. You cannot be dislodged. The key, then, is the nature of defence. So what does Paul mean by standing your ground against the devil's schemes? First, Paul says that if you put on the armour of God, you are able, or you have the power, to make your stand. The the standing depends on the putting on of the armour of God. If you do not have the armour of God, then you will not be able to stand. Second, Attack is not required in God's army. The goal is to stand your ground, hold your position and deflect attack. This is in keeping with Christianity as being fundamentally about peace, not war. The question for many of us must be why not attack and why not destroy? I think the answer lies in the fact that we live in a world shaped by cosmic and spiritual realities at the centre of which is the cross, the place where the Son of God died. What was achieved at the cross was decisive. It was comprehensive, and it shaped the cosmos. All of creation is still living with the echo of that day. All Christians live under the shadow of the cross and receive the benefits that flow from the death of the Son of God. What is being contested in this world is that event. The person who is at the centre of that event and the consequences of that event for all people and all of creation. There is not a new war to be fought, nor a new enemy to be sought out, but it is simply the continuation of the conflict that began at creation, reached its culmination at the cross and the empty tomb, and echoes across creation until today. Part of the answer is also that the battle comes to us. James says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 4.7 Peter says much the same thing in 1 Peter 5.8-10 Be alert and of sober mind, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, 
standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. Peter and James emphasize the resisting of Diabolos while Paul places emphasis here on an active defense using God's armor. Peter also expects his readers to stand by standing firm, by being encouraged by the witness of others and the power of God to enable them to stand against the devil. The battle comes to Christians because they are the representatives of God's kingdom on earth. Our citizenship, says Paul, is in heaven. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. We are just pilgrims and strangers in this land passing through, says Peter in 1 Peter 2 verses 10 to 12, and we are the followers of Christ. This means that we face persecution and attack. Jesus makes this clear in the Gospels, Mark 10:30, Matthew 5:11, Matthew 24:9, Luke 21:12. For example, Jesus says in John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 20, Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. The reason for the defensive, not offensive position will become clearer in future episodes of Freedom from Fear. There is much to say about this, and it really goes to the heart of the problem of Christian fascism, which is the greatest threat to Christianity in the West today. This spiritual battle is not primarily a battle within us, as is, is a battle against us, as Diabolos seeks to take out the people who witness to the goodness of God found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Christians are not to make their stand against the nation or the state, or the culture, or people in society, but against the devil's schemes. And that is the reason for them to put on the full armour of God. Now this might be new to you. Certainly in many Christian circles, such as many churches in America, the enemy is always someone else, some other group, some other way of thinking, often a political or sectarian way of thinking. A different political philosophy, for example, a different sectarian view. But notice that Paul makes no mention of them. He doesn't even mention his own people as being worthy of attention. He doesn't even mention his own adversaries and real they were. For Christian fascists claim to be Christians, but they rarely talk about Jesus unless it is to enlist him in their latest crusade. Paul is talking about fundamental realities, what really matters. He cuts to the chase, and so do we. Paul goes to the heart of it because he wants Christians to stand and not fall, and so do we. Paul places the hope of the Christian not in the state or the church or doctrine or sect, but simply in Christ, and so do we. This series, Freedom from Fear, is to equip you to stand without fear because we stand with the one who brings true freedom, Jesus. Tomorrow, we are going to look at freedom from methodology. 
remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Freedom Matters Today looks at freedom from a Christian perspective. There are five sections in our research program. First is freedom from fascism and tyranny. The second is freedom from fear and despair. The third is freedom from sin and death. The fourth is freedom from guilt and shame. And the final one is freedom from past and prejudice. And as Christ said, if the Son of Man shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. Join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom from Fear.